Welcome to Manager Tools. Soft 101s, part one. Here we go. This cast answers these questions. What if I can't do one-on-ones? What if my boss tells me to stop doing one-on-ones? Are there alternatives to one-on-ones? Well, if we want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. Folks, you've heard Mike and I talk for years about the power and importance of your network. You've got to build your network so that when you need it, it'll serve you. If you haven't built it, it won't serve you when you need it. One of the best ways to do that is to come to our M conference this year, October 9th and 10th in Dallas. How will the M conference build your network? Well, the secondary purpose of the conference is to start tightening the relationships among the hundreds of thousands of people who are in the Manager Tools community in our expanded network. If you come to the conference, you'll leave with both Mike and my cell phone numbers. If you have a problem, text me. I'll help. Second, there's going to be regular distributions to that group and only that group, so they'll be more frequent based on your professional history, uh, your interest in growth, and so on. And in addition, we're going to make it possible through communicating within the network so that the network can communicate with each other about problems they have or solutions they have or ideas they have as a way to strengthen your network and make you more effective in your professional life. I hope to see you there. I know, Mark, this never happens. Uh, We're going to talk about it, but it never happens where your boss, somebody's boss, not my boss, your boss, (laughs) we'd say stupidly, forbids you from doing one-on-ones. I mean, that... I joked a little, it doesn't happen. Of course it happens, folks. Yeah, it happens. Of course it happens. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, I get this question regularly. And I I looked back through our show notes over the last 14 years recently and said, gosh, I've never covered this. Even though I've probably answered this question 10 or 15 times verbally or in emails to to licensees who are struggling with it. And, you know, there's an interesting Part of this, which is we teach one-on-ones because they're a tool. That's why we're called manager tools, folks. We teach tools because tools are teachable. But in fact, the question is not the tool. The question is, what are you trying to get with the tool? There's that old joke about the guy who comes into the hardware store and buys a three-quarter inch drill bit. He doesn't want a three-quarter inch drill bit. He wants a three-quarter inch hole. So we sell drill bits, but you got to keep in mind, what do you want in terms of a hole? And If you separate yourself from the tool and ask yourself, this is what I'm trying to get, there are other ways to achieve it. As we've said before, but we probably could say more often. Yeah, and and the whole in this case is what? What's What's the objective? Trusting relationships with your directs. It's the single most important thing I know. And as I tell people all the time when I'm on the road, I was in North Carolina earlier this week for a great client um, who wants me back and I get to go to Pinehurst in November. And uh, you know, I, I was with him and I, I said to him, I said, it's the most important thing I know about management is to build a trusting relationship with your directs and take it from me. I don't like people. <laughs> so <laughs> if I agree on this thing, if I'm telling you spend time with your directs in order to build a relationship that will serve you in good times and bad, I mean, I, I, I should, you know, I'm the guy. Yeah. It must, it must be really important if you're, you're talking about relationships. Yeah. It's not just because I like people and I wanted you to become a manager like me because, yeah, that's not me. 
I'm sure people who've been with us a while get it, right? But you say it's not you. On the other hand, you learn that that part of you that doesn't naturally want that trusting relationship, it gets in the way of you being effective as a manager. And you have, you learned you have to do it if you want to be an effective manager, right? This is the age old problem that I think the vast majority of young people, and I'm, folks, I'm not talking about millennials or Gen Z. I'm talking about everybody when we're young, or as, as well, I'll say for Mike and I, when we were young, the fundamental problem of not understanding that you don't get paid to enjoy your job, you get paid to be effective. Now, I want you to enjoy your job, but the idea that you don't like an idea or it's not comfortable is ludicrous. You don't really get to own the title of professional unless you're willing to do things that are outside your comfort zone, but are necessary for the success of the organization. It's as simple as that. And so I do one-on-ones because they're effective, because I get paid to be effective, not because I love them. I like the outcome of them, no question. But do I love them? No, but I'm smart. And so if you want a job where you only do stuff you love, (laughs) you know, be prepared for some economic impacts associated with that. There you go. Okay, so we're going to go old school here, and I've got a detailed outline. I just decided when I was writing this on a plane uh, about a week ago that, you know, I would go back to a long outline with 10 points on it. So for you high Ds, we'll save you some time. Look, your boss may forbid one-on-ones. The key to that is, okay, you need to think results and not process process being the tool, the one-on-one. So what result do you want and how could you achieve it without doing one-on-ones? Third thing you do, you cancel your one-on-ones out loud. If your boss has truly forbidden them, you need to make a show of canceling your one-on-ones. Trust me, we've done this. We know. What you're going to do in place of it is a weekly update. You're going to keep them unscheduled. You're going to meet at your direct's desk. You're going to go first with updates and questions. I know we told you not to do that in the normal one-on-one because we teach one-on-ones the right way, the most effective way. But if your boss is going to forbid them, we're going to do other things to achieve our objective of a trusting relationship. After you go first, then, of course, you ask your directs for their updates and their questions. We've learned that you need to take notes because this is just a work meeting like anything else. And then the last point I'm going to make is what happens if your boss quashes the weekly updates? That's a different story. Yeah. As you're going through the outline, I have a lot of thoughts, but we'll save those. So your boss may forbid one-on-ones, or first point. We said at the beginning of the cast, right? They may. It's stupid, but they may. Yeah, you you can't fix stupid. You know, if a boss says you can't do them anymore, you can't. Now, look, I'm going to say if you're truly forbidden from doing them, we urge you guys to stop them. Don't fall on your sword. A boss who would forbid you from spending a half an hour a week with a direct is one whose potential range of behaviors is wacky. And wacky and power don't go together. You said in there, you had a a caveat there, truly forbidden, which suggests that maybe somebody who tells us they've been forbidden, maybe they're not truly forbidden. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I would say 50% of the time when people write in and say, my boss says I can't do them anymore. Uh, and I say, okay, you know, and folks, if you don't know, if you're wondering about whether or not you can write into me, you can. But 
only if you're a licensee. That's one of the, the huge perks of licensees. And many people take me up on it. And every morning I have emails from our community, from licensees saying, hey, what do I do? This is my situation. And when they say, my boss tells me I can't do one-on-ones anymore, what should I do? I give them some version of this cast. And now I'll just send them the show notes for the cast. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, but the first thing I say is, well, can you tell me more? And it's the, the, the classic, I'll, I'll simplify it. The classic example as well. My boss said, are you still doing those one-on-ones? I don't think that's such a good idea. And I said to him, uh, you know, I'll write back. If that's what you think forbidding is, you're missing the point. Your boss didn't forbid one-on-ones. Your boss said he didn't agree with them. He didn't like them, whatever. Now you may choose if you have a good relationship with your boss, go talk to your boss and say, Hey, look, is that you telling me I don't want to do it? Now, I wouldn't do that. I would just say, okay, my boss doesn't like him, but there's a lot of stuff about my boss I don't like, and my boss doesn't know everything I do, and frankly, he doesn't want to know everybody every, everything everybody does. So, you know, you have to be clear about what being forbidden. Uh, there's a big difference between saying, I don't like those things, and I want you to stop doing them. And worst case, I want you to stop doing them. And I expect an email from you saying that you've communicated with everybody in your team that you will no longer be doing weekly one-on-ones. Okay. Um, now, to be clear, there's a cast for that issue. It's called Boss One-on-One Pushback. That cast is about those various pushback levels, whether it's the boss is just carping or the boss is stopping you. This cast, of course, is what to do to keep getting the value of one-on-ones without calling them one-on-ones. Now, look, if it helps... There are generally two reasons why bosses object to one-on-ones. The first is a personal one. Your boss just doesn't agree with them in principle or practice or both. It's a personal thing. Some bosses think relationships and trust aren't useful. Again, you can't fix stupid. Some think that the only time well spent with directs is time spent working on tasks, meaning leave your directs alone to get them their work done. Uh, This goes back to the fundamental left-right divide of disc, which is half the people in the world come to work and think, if the work gets done, my people will end up being taken care of. And the other half of the world says, if I take care of my people, the work will get done. Neither one is right. It's a, it's a, a false choice. But high Ds, high Cs, they tend to focus on tasks and work. And high I's and high S's tend to focus on people. And both are useful. In most of these cases, the high D or high C just doesn't put a whole lot of uh, stock. And I, sorry, to be more clear, most of these cases of bosses forbidding or some sort of forbidding, uh, it's just a high D or high C just says, yeah, I don't want to do it. If you're getting pushback from your boss to your one-on-ones in this kind of personal situation, If you get a chance to present an argument, one of your arguments ought to sound something like, just so you know, boss, what we talk about is work, status, tasks, questions, resources, planning. It's not a kumbaya session, boss. We're not holding hands. We're not just talking about family. We're not getting to know one another. Well, we are getting to know one another, but it's only through the lens of work. In fact, I'll ask one of my directs if you want. And I'll record the thing. And I know you don't want to listen to all things, so I'll pay to get a transcript done. 
By the way, folks, you can get that done pretty cheaply if it's a 30-minute meeting. And I'll send you the transcript. And you'll see it's work. That's what we're doing. Um, in fact, I had a couple of guys tell me, Mike, a couple of years ago, I just went to my boss and say, look, if you want me to stop him, I really will stop him. But I'm telling you, here's my list of stuff. And they took a, they showed uh, a page from their one-on-one notes. And it's all work, boss. I mean, what we're doing is work. And one of the guy's bosses said, yeah, if it's work, fine, keep doing it. And folks, if this doesn't make a lot of sense to you, you may not be familiar with DISC. Um, and this is one of the huge advantages of understanding DISC and looking at and listening to some of our podcasts. We also have some products like Effective Relationships, et cetera, that go into detail about if your DISC profile is X and your boss's DISC profile is Y, how should I communicate to her, right? That's that's what Effective Relationships is all about. Or if I'm X and my direct is Y, how should I communicate to him? That's the beauty of DISC. And Mark's point here is if your boss is interested in nothing but task and work and getting things done, you can talk to your blue in your face describing why you find it important because you value relationships. You, you can you can talk to your blue in the face and she's never going to get it. She's never she's you're, you're just you're not you're not being effective, you're not being persuasive. Um and so we're so putting disc aside, we're talking about really talk to your boss about one-on-ones in a way that makes sense to her. Exactly, which is work, task, task accomplishment. Project success, deliverables, budget, cost, green versus red. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Now, okay, so that's the personal one, okay? Now, if you're getting boss pushback and it's not personal, in other words, it's not just your boss, we would call that organizational pushback. This is These are the two big ones. We're not saying there's not 50 other ways, but the two big ones we see is either your boss just doesn't like him or... It's what we call organizational pushback, pushback, which is a nice way of saying that your boss has sided with some of your directs who have complained to her that they don't like O3s, or sometimes this situation is abetted by a misguided HR professional who thinks his job is to protect directs from things they don't like. It's like work is one big safe space for individual contributors. You know, it's funny, Mike, have, do we know any situation we've ever heard of where a direct of a boss complained to HR and then HR went and talked to the boss, but in this case, the direct was a manager? I don't think I've ever heard of that. I can't recall any, no. No, not a one. It's almost always individual contributors. And the reason why it never happens is HR doesn't feel it's obligated to protect managers. Now, we've got lots of casts on HR folks, so I won't go into it much more, but look, it's actually worse than this. Sometimes this organizational pushback, which is essentially the original voicing of the problem is from your directs, happens before you even start a one-on-one. In, in our opinion, that makes this prohibition from your boss, whether HR is involved or not, almost inexcusable. One of the nasty outcomes of your boss quashing your one-on-ones prematurely because your directs don't like them is that it emboldens your directs to see themselves as having a veto over any of your managerial plans or programs that they disagree with. 
which I don't know. I would just shake my head. Yeah, doesn't work for me. Yeah. And you can bet that in this situation, your boss, when they approached her, did not ask your directs whether they had taken up their concerns with you separately. In other words, in compliance with the generally accepted definition of an open door policy, and I'm just going to make an aside, we have a podcast called uh, about open door, and most people think that open door policy means, hey, my door is always open, and that's not what an open door policy is. An open door policy means if I work for Mike and his boss is Kate, if I go to Mike and have a concern, a question, an issue, a problem, and I don't get satisfaction, an open door policy, which by the way is in existence at virtually every well-managed, professionally managed company in the world. If I don't get satisfaction from my boss, I can request time from his boss. And the beauty of this is that it avoids the problem that senior people could be actively stopped from learning about problems in the organization because a boss could simply say, you can't go talk to my boss. Now, look, when I go to Mike's boss, Kate, the first question she'll ask me if she's smart is, have you talked to Mike? Now, there are exceptions for this in the event of abuse or something like that. And generally, that's why organizations have ombudsmans and so on. And sometimes that's HR and that's okay. But regardless, your boss is not going to come to your defense. Somebody who works for you is going to go to your boss and say, I don't like this one-on-one thing. And the boss is going to say, okay, I'll talk to him. And the boss is in a bad mood or whatever, says, hey, what's this thing about one-on-ones? Well, I'm trying to build relationships with my directs. Well, it ain't off to a very good start. If this is your way of building relationships, it ain't working. Don't do them. You know, that guy or gal should never have been a director. But regardless, no matter how objectionable your boss's stance is, their role power allows them to prohibit your one-on-ones. Like it or not, power and intellect are often immiscible, meaning they don't mix. So, if, in fact, your boss has said, you cannot do them, stop doing them, then you don't, you know, don't fight the sheriff. Now, one more thing before we get into what do you do when your boss says no? Not what do you do when your boss says, I don't like him. One more thing, though. For some of you who have never done one-on-ones the way we recommend it, and if you don't know, there's some casts for that, too. Mike, didn't we discover recently that the one-on-one casts are the most downloaded casts we have? They are. Yeah. I thought they were maybe superseded by our first cast, Solution to a Stalled Technical Career, or not? No, not anymore. Okay. All right. Good. And by the way, Mike, I should just make a shout out to uh, our client this week. One of the executives at the client, um, I'll just give his first name so I don't embarrass him too much. His name's Daryl. He has been listening since cast two, so 14 years. So Daryl, tip of the hat to you. I'm sending you your signed copy of the book. Okay. If you are not, haven't done one-on-ones and you're thinking that soft one-on-ones, this cast, are a reasonable facsimile of those, you're thinking, well, this looks better or easier. I prefer this one. Be careful, okay? 
We've tested both. And our recommended standard manager tools, one-on-ones, MTO3s, noticeably outperform this cast guidance, soft one-on-ones. The question here is not, are soft one-on-ones as good as regular one-on-ones? Yeah, they're not. That answer is, <laughs> yeah. no, it's not even close. The question for anyone who has been banned is, are soft one-on-ones better than nothing at all? And the answer to that is, oh, hell yeah, they are. Exactly. If you're located in the Pacific Northwest and are looking for a conference event to attend, you're in luck. Manager Tools will be in Seattle August 20th and 21st with our Effective Manager and Effective Communicator conferences. We come to Seattle but once a year. Don't miss this. Register today at manager-tools.com forward slash training. Cool. Now, let's. unfortunately, we're stuck with... In this particular cast, we're stuck with a boss who says no. So now let's start talking about what to to do about it. And I think the first one is thinking is to get past the idea of the process, i.e. one-on-ones conducted the way we conduct one-on-ones and start thinking about how do I get the results? Yeah. So the problem here is if you're working on a project and you have a plan for the project and then suddenly you get a third of the way into it, and you realize something's changed or your planning wasn't right, and now your process that you created, the tools you created, the series of steps that you put together that would get you to the goal aren't working. You don't abandon the goal. You look for other tools. It's as simple as that. In almost no other area of one's professional life would you be doing X in order to achieve Y. And when X is not working, say, oh, well, I don't care about Y. Oh, yeah. It would be like the ultimate sour grapes. And if you don't know the Aesop fable about sour grapes is, I think it was a wolf that saw some grapes hanging from a tree or a vine or whatever. And he attempted to get the grapes and he jumped and he jumped and he jumped and he couldn't get them. And um, his jumping was the tool. Grapes were the goal. And when he finally couldn't get him, he tried and tried and tried. He says, oh, uh, as he walked away, he says, oh, those grapes are probably sour anyway. Yeah. That would be the ultimate sour grapes. And if you believe in your goal, the question is, okay, what do I need to do? How do I adjust? How do I adapt? How do I overcome? Can you imagine Watson, you know, going, or <laughs> going, hey, hey, Watson, this, this, I can't hear you very well. Let's go, uh, let's go focus on an electric vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Let's do something completely different because I don't like this. It's too hard. So. When we are forbidden, okay, we can't do one-on-ones the best way we know how, meaning the considered opinion of all of our guidance, all of our data, all of our studies over years and years and years and years, we've come up with our recommended guidance. But now we're being told we can't do it that way. It would be very easy to stop and just say, fine, you know, hell with it. And then harbor some anger at our boss and maybe at our directs. But, But again, it's missing the point. When your boss prohibits one-on-ones, they're saying no to the form of your effort. They can't possibly be saying you can't have trusting relationships, you can't communicate, that they don't want more results and higher retention, okay? Look, for those of you who haven't been to our Effective Manager Conference or been to one of our client deliverables, and if you don't know about our Effective Manager Conference, come to the website, manager-tools.com. And click on the training tab, and it will take you to a place where you'll see all kinds of conferences um, all over the world where you can come 
even if it's just you, and usually your company will pay for it, and you can learn how to be an effective manager um, using our tools. But when we teach those tools, one of the first things we do at the conference is we talk about your goal as a manager. I'll leave that for a bonus for those of you who want to go listen to that podcast. Um, there are four key behaviors, which, by the way, we didn't make up, that correlate best with higher results and retention. Knowing your people, talking about performance, asking for more, and pushing work down. And we say at our conference every time, folks, those are the four behaviors you need to engage in if you want to achieve the two most fundamental important things about your job. None of those behaviors require manager tools techniques. As long as you can achieve those goals and do so sustainably, the technique isn't what's important. So when our technique is questioned, while we might raise an eyebrow toward our boss, we just simply take another path. And we jettison that tool, but we keep our eyes on the prize of building a trusting relationship. So now it's just a question of how we get there. And that's what this cast is about. Right. And the first part of that is don't poke your boss in the eye. If she says, cancel your one-on-ones or stop doing them, you have to. It's just a matter of professional. You you have to do it, number one. Yeah. She asked you to do it. She told you to do it. And don't think you're going to avoid embarrassment by just being quiet about it. Yeah. Actually, there's another piece. You're right. People think, oh, I, I don't want to be embarrassed, so therefore I'll just quietly let them die. When in fact, you can flip that script really easily by saying, not only am I going to do it, I'm going to show that I support my boss and I'm a confident person, and I'm going to actually publicly proclaim that I'm stopping them. And oh, by the way, folks, thanks to something known as professional subordination, about which we have a cast. What a shocker. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the whole point of this company is to make it possible for anybody to learn management. So because of professional subordination, you can't say in your email or in your staff meeting, my boss has told me to cancel the one-on-ones. You don't have to give a reason. But if you're going to be politically adept about this, what you need to do, and, and folks, politics matters, and we have casts on politics too. The answer is not only to cancel them, but to let your boss know you canceled them to close the loop, okay? It may seem like window dressing, but we've seen repeatedly how often it placates bosses. Bosses seem to think that you acknowledging that you can and did tell you to stop, okay? And it's actually supportive of them and sends a message that you agree with them, which is really part of the issue because you can't go around not agreeing with your boss and talking about it. We're not saying you have to agree with your boss about everything, but part of being a boss means role power. And that means they have some extra leverage over you versus other people. Unless if you're a boss and you have direction, you want them going oh, around, yeah. you know, griping about everything you say and telling everybody they disagree with the directions you've given them. Like, yeah, that's Nobody the wants that. But That's the horseman middleman test, right? Whatever you want from your boss, you know, it's reasonable to expect from your directs. And whatever you don't want from your directs, you shouldn't be given to your boss. Um, okay, so the bosses said no to our tactic, but not to our goal, because your boss is not crazy. So we have to pursue our goal with new tactics. If we don't cancel our one-on-ones, 
If we're not seen as complying with the boss's restriction, it's more likely they're concerned that we're not going to be on board. And frankly, if we had consulted the bo- our boss the first time, they probably would never would have let us start them. So we're not as aligned with them as they like. And canceling sends a message that we are aligned. And by the way, it's not duplicitous, guys. Your boss wants you to cancel a meeting uh, that you have on a regular basis. You cancel the meeting, okay? But that doesn't mean the meeting didn't have a good purpose and there isn't another way to get there. Now, look, there are two easy ways to do this. One is just to send out an email to your team and copy your boss. Tell them you're going to stop doing one-on-ones. Now, look, you got to be careful with your wording. Mentioning that your boss intervened or that you still care about relationships may be seen as unprofessional subordination. You can't do that. It's probably best to just say, until further notice, regularly scheduled one-on-ones are canceled. The other option is to mention it privately, individually, to each of your directs during your last one-on-one with them. Then, when that's done, send a mail to your boss. Hey, boss, I've met with everybody individually and told me we won't be having regularly scheduled one-on-ones going forward, just closing the loop with you. It, just to be clear, I, I, like when you have those private meetings, that's not to suggest that you're going to have private meetings with each of your directs so you, you can then complain about your boss, right? Like, <laughs> like don't, don't, yeah. we're, we're not suggesting meeting with them individually to get around the idea that you can't complain about your boss, right? Just, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah, just, okay. Welcome to nut job crazy town <laughs> or, or political self-immolation town. I don't there know. you go. And look, guys, don't worry about emboldening those whiners, your directs who complained to your boss if that's what happened. Your decision wasn't theirs. It was yours because of your boss. If anybody says anything, apparently you're not, in, you know, if they said something like, apparently you're not in charge around here all the time after all, just ignore them. They're being juvenile, and you have better things to do. And if you want to listen to Dark Mark, he would tell you. After all, revenge is a dish best served cold. That's it, everyone, for this week. We'll finish this one up next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long, folks. 